Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Philippians. Today's episode 648, and we're looking at Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Here's our passage. Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. This is Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Paul sending this letter to his friends in the Philippian church. They've had a long relationship with one another. Paul's thanking them for their monetary gift and then sending Epaphroditus back to them with this letter of encouragement. He's talked some about his own ministry and situation. They start talking about them and what he wants them to do. Back in chapter 1, verse 27, he said he wanted them to live as citizens of heaven, worthy of the gospel of Christ. And he said, whether I come to see you personally or I'm absent, I'm going to hear about you. He encouraged them to stand firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel and not being frightened by opponents. He charged them to have the attitude of Christ, humility, and obedience. Now he's getting back to that. He's just completed this hymn of Christ where he talked about what the attitude of Christ is that he wants them to have, humility, obedience. So now he says in verse 12, Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only my presence, but even more in my absence, So a lot of this is just referring back to stuff he's already hit on before, but now he's putting it together as he's giving them some practical application to life. Back in chapter 1, verse 8, he talked about his affection for them. He said, I deeply miss all of you because I have you in my heart. So we see that as he's referring to them as my dear friends. So therefore, my dear friends, because of what he said about Christ, And as their dear friends, now he's talking about what he wants them to do. And just as you have always obeyed, so now not only my presence, but even more in my absence. So he's laying out the situation that they've got a history of obedience. He's not saying so much start obeying Christ. He says you guys have always obeyed Christ. And he just talked about one of the primary attributes of Christ was his obedience. Back in chapter 1, verse 5, he talked about their partnership in the gospel. That they have a pattern of obedience, a history of obedience that you've always obeyed. You've obeyed when I've been there, and you're obeying now, even when I'm not there. So he's commending them on their obedience. And this is right after he talked about the obedience of Christ. That that was a, a big deal, that Christ was obedient. They should be obedient. And they have a pattern of obedience. And all that's leading into this primary command here. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, there is a little bit of play on words here. Here he says, work out your own salvation. In verse 13, he says, so it's God who's working in you. So you guys work out, God is working in. What's it mean, work out your own salvation. Does that mean we're supposed to somehow bring about our own salvation through our work? Well, no. 
not not even close. We know that the, the theology of salvation is salvation is by faith. It's a gift, a grace from God. You can't work it out as far as earning it. So, so what's he mean here? Well, don't try and turn this into a theological statement about how people are saved. That's not what he's doing here. He's not saying you're going to get saved by working it out. No. What he's saying is this is an ethical command about how to live. So the command here is as saved people live like saved people. As he said many places in many of his letters, live like followers of Christ. You guys are followers of Christ, then live that way. And that's his challenge to the Philippians here. Okay, you, you are saved people. Well, live like saved people. And I think this is more than just live, but continue to grow in that. Work out your salvation. Continue to grow in your salvation. Continue to act more and more like citizens of heaven. That's what he's told them to do. Worthy of the gospel of Christ. And he's just talked a lot about obedience. The primary example of obedience is Christ. He's just commended them for their obedience. And so that's going to be one of the big deals of how to work out your salvation is obedience. Continue in obedience. Grow in obedience. And do that with fear and trembling. Now, fear and trembling is an Old Testament phrase. A lot of times in the Old Testament, you see this idea of fear and trembling. And it's usually used where people witness something that God has done. When they see God at work, their response is usually fear and trembling because God's pretty awesome. And when God works, that should impact us with an understanding of his awesomeness. So fear and trembling can just be simply the recognizing the awesomeness of God. He's just mentioned that you know, this Christ who we serve, this Christ who we know, this Christ who has saved us, someday every knee will bow. Every knee on earth, under earth, in heaven will bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, being that's the name that God used in the Old Testament. So Christ who equal with God, but humbled himself and has been highly exalted by God the Father and given the name of God, that's who we're talking about. So yes, there should be fear and trembling when we recognize who we're really talking about. And it is something we need to remind ourselves of periodically, or quite often actually, recognize who we're talking about. Uh, Jesus isn't just our big buddy, our big brother who's there to watch out for us. He is God, and there should be a lot of fear and trembling when we think about what it means to have a relationship with God, what it means to serve God, what it means to know God, what it means to have God, the Holy Spirit, dwell within us and guide us in our daily lives. There should be a lot of fear and trembling when we get to that. Often when I meet with preachers and talk to them, we remind each other that when you stand before people and claim to be speaking on God's behalf, you should be terrified. It's, it's very easy to get used to the idea of preaching and, and teaching the Bible. But when you're standing there 
claiming to speak on God's behalf. This is what God said. That should fill us with a, a lot of fear and trembling. So work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is an ethical statement, how to live. This is not how to be saved, but this is how saved people live. Then he amplifies that in verse 13. For it is God who's working in you, both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Now, it's kind of awkward in, in English here, but what is obedience? Well, it's willing and doing. So it's deciding to do, wanting to do, and then actually doing it. That's the essence of obedience is willing and doing, or willing and working. And the good news here, for it's God who's working in you, both to will and to work, according to his good purpose. So what he's basically saying here is God empowers you to be obedient. It's not just up to you completely. You have to cooperate with God. But God empowers you to be obedient, and that is to work according to his good purpose, to be a part of God's plan. Let's go back to that fear and trembling. To think we're part of God's plan. God includes us in his plan and actually uses us to advance his plan. Well, yeah, he does. And the, the way he does this is he empowers us to do this. Holy Spirit empowers us. So obedience is only possible through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That The Holy Spirit works in us. We're to work out our salvation. Well, because God is working in us via the Holy Spirit with our will and our work. That is our willing and doing. That is our obedience to be part of his plan. So this is a general ethical challenge of, of obedience and to grow in that obedience. And he's speaking to the church as a whole here. So that only works with individuals doing this, but it's also an idea that we're all in this together and help each other work out our own salvation with fear and trembling and recognize that God's working in us. But how do we do this? What's this look like, working out our salvation? Well, that's what he's going to talk about next time. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Philippians.